0: At some point when I started building out my business, I realized that even though the barrier to entry for my industry was lower, I realized I was going to have to make other investments into my business before I could really start to see the profit that I wanted to see. One of the decisions that I decided to make was to do beta testing and start charging either at a discounted rate or simply decide not to charge at all. And I think that that's not that's not rare. That's a pretty normal way to kind of get started. But one of the things that I have noticed, especially from service-based entrepreneurs, is this fear of being taken advantage of or their experience being molested because they didn't either, one, know how to set up those boundaries, or two, because they didn't know what they were looking for in their practice. There were no plans. There were no goals. It was just the activity. And so, I'm going to be breaking down what are some of the most important lessons that I learned from beta testing and either charging at a discounted rate or deciding to do work completely for free in this episode. This episode. Being brought to you by The Brand Solution. Get the support you need to help you package, promote, and deliver your services. Visit slash The Brand Solution for resources to help you to take the next step forward in your business today. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. I am excited. I think one of the reasons I'm so excited is because over the last two plus years um, where I feel like I have been intensively working, intensively learning, there are some things that even the best courses, even the best coaches, it it kind of, it kind, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter because obviously i know that those kinds of things have significant impacts on you know how we do business the pace at which we're learning um and things like that and i know that a lot of the times it speeds up the process um in a lot of really important and really impactful ways i myself am a part of like the industry that does the work to support small businesses um the range of what even qualifies as small being very, very wide. Um, and I I get that there are so many things that you end up getting from being around the right people, being in the right rooms and asking the right questions. But I also realized, sorry, I scratched my eye and put my hand right in front of the microphone. <laughs> but I also realized shortly after kind of doing all of this kind of data gathering, um, that there is, I could read about it, I could study it, but learning is taking the things that you, you know, gathered in that data gathering phase, in that research phase, and apply it. And I think that it's it's simple um, to have a, a concept for something. Hearing somebody, you know, really break down the ins and outs in a podcast are, you know, a part of your data collection um, reading a really good book about how somebody did something how somebody persevered through this challenge that's data collection um, even asking your mentors and your court your coaches and you know taking the time to actually finish courses and programs and and you know go to even business schools if you will um, i think that all of those things are super important in the data gathering but i think that one thing that is kind of unrepentant, if you will, um, is experience. The thing about data, the thing about information is that you can read a book, you can read seven books, and each of them gives you a different angle as to you know, how to do something. And then it can easily get very like weird and overwhelming because it's like well why does this teacher or this educator or this this you know professional have a different say-so or a different perspective and why do they feel so um, so strongly about their perspective and a, a lot of the times it's because the first piece of information that they gathered wasn't necessarily, the one. It wasn't the end-all be-all as far as how something should happen. For every one thing you know how to do, there are infinite other situations in which that, that solution, that strategy doesn't work. Infinite. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person if the strategy doesn't work. It doesn't mean the business is broken if the strategy doesn't work. It just means you need another strategy. You need to hit it from another angle. And One of the reasons I'm bringing this up is because in today's episode, I'm actually going to be talking about seven, seven lessons that I learned um, from doing the work and working for free or almost for free. (laughs) And when you aren't strategically pricing yourself, uh, consider yourself working for free. (laughs) <laughs> because it's not until you count the, the cost of the taxes, it's not until you call count the cost of the software, it's not until you count um, the live working hours with the client and the offline working hours on the client's stuff, um, and then considering how many people you actually need to you know have working on this project and all that and all that and all that and all that and, all that and some more, um, that you start to realize, man, if I'm pulling a number out of the hat, I'm probably... I'm probably not being strategic, even if even if you are doing something that is considered market rate, you probably are still not even doing it or pricing it as strategically because it's not necessarily as much about the dollar amount as as much as it is. How can every dollar that came into the business be an employee for the business in a special kind of way? Um, And so I'm going to be going over like seven things that I feel like I learned from doing the work. And I'm going to preface this by saying, by emphasizing this point for a specific reason. Now, I know. That there are people who are unafraid and unabashed in the way that they do their work. I know some people who are relentless in their grind. They are relentless in the way that they like do things and and, and work and they're focused and they can't be distracted and, you know, they're really just like a beast, like, whoa. Um, and congratulations, <laughs> if that is you. My experience was very, 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 very different. Um, and so I'm the kind of person who's like, well, what do they say about that? And, and what's that perspective on, well, why did you say that? Like, I can unpack something until there's nothing left in this suitcase. Like, I will unpack something to death, and then I will spend my time pontificating on the reason and the rationale. And then you get into a dangerous space where even when you are looking at something somebody else did, you and then you start thinking that they did all of these strategic and majestic things. And then you actually speak to them, you ask them about that, they go, I didn't even realize I did that. That's crazy. And you're over here trying to really like put together some sort of master plan for it all when just doing the work can have you productive and efficient and sometimes not even know why. And so let's get into it. So the first thing um, that I learned from serving people, my own customers, my own customers and my own network or that were recommended or referred to me or that might have found me. The first thing that I learned in that process of serving them at a, at a free or a discounted rate was that some services are so elaborate that you need to actually do them to failure. To figure out what it takes to do them well, I hated this lesson. <laughs> if we're being honest, um, I actually am not a huge fan of learning things the hard way. I actually advocate heavily towards the "quote unquote" easy way, and I think that one of the one of the struggles that I feel like I had um, for a bit was like wanting to offer something, wanting to see what it was like to, to, you know, say I offered this and offer this at this price point and see how, you know, people responded to the price point, see how people responded to the concept of the offer and what they decided to do next. And one of the things that I was really, really, really interested in seeing What it takes. Um, It was a service I was like, you know, just providing for myself, just doing my work, doing my work of marketing. And I was like, all right, so bet. So, what I'm gonna do is um, I'm gonna just package it up and the same things that I do for myself, I'm gonna do for them. And I'm just gonna, you know, create a little structure to it, make it so it's consistent. And it wasn't until I had to do it repeatedly, week after week month after month for someone else, that I realized how heavy the task was, how much I underpriced it, but also what exactly needed to be considered as far as what is it you're really doing. So sometimes when you're a new business and you're really trying to like figure out what the offer is and how the offer works, you're like, okay, Well, you know, I'm thinking these are the steps. These are the steps I normally would do. These are the steps I typically would do. And the thing about being your own client is that there are certain steps you skipped because you already conceptualized them. And so when you do certain things for yourself, they tend to be like a little easier than what they might be for someone whose thoughts you haven't heard, someone whose decisions you know, aren't aren't as informed as yours are because you're in your industry, because you're in your space. And so when I did, you know, this offer, it wasn't until I was working on it and in the thick of it. And I was just like, this is, Zania, what have you done? First of all, you done committed to put all this time in, you done committed to do all this work. You're doing the work of at least three people, five people comfortably. Okay. And you have committed to doing this work week after week, month after month. And you can't, you can't sell this like this. You need to talk about what this really includes. You need to talk about how much of your expertise actually has to be leveraged because yeah, you might be doing something that might seem simple or might seem like anybody can do it, but you have to realize, okay, this is what you're bringing to the table before you even open a laptop to do the work. And not only that, zenaya what would optimize the work you're doing that the client hasn't done yet that you personally have done to? So I just realized, you know, when, when you're doing something as intricate as like marketing operations, which is like not just saying let's put a post together, but putting it inside of like a structure, um, putting it as a, not just a piece to stand alone to say you did it, to say you posted, but to feed the machine of your business. Like at the end of the day, your business has to be putting things out and taking things in. And if you don't have a structure, and by structure, I mean everything on the back end that makes this post not just something cute people liked. So if your post, for example, gets, maximum reach, like more reach than what you, like it reaches 100% of your audience and it reaches people, you know, on on their, on their um, explore page or something like that. When, even if all of those people see it, are your DMs and shambles because your systems don't exist? What happens next? Was the post you posted about related to anything that you're offering right now, or was it just something that you wanted to be trendy, but that actually doesn't connect to the voice, the tone, the feel, and the focus of the brand? And so what I was realizing was, one, you can't start in the middle, even if the client begs you to start in the middle, because when, the, when it doesn't work because they did it their way and you knew better, you have to say, okay, so this is what's missing. And in order to deliver with integrity, you gotta throw that stuff in. So now you gotta take steps back. You gotta ask questions that, are, that seem basic or elementary, but it's so that you can build the infrastructure that the marketing content or the marketing um, pieces can really stand on. So when they get exposure, they provoke a certain kind of action, they provoke a certain kind of trigger so that you can actually be successful, not just in the post, but in whatever environment you're in that's advocating on behalf of the business. And so I think the big lesson there is that you have to realize how big, I mean, I live in New York, so like, let this fire truck or, you know, ambulance just, you know. (laughs) Uh, But some services are like just so elaborate that you have to do them full out and you have to try to do them as excellently as you can to kind of affirm your hypothesis about how it works, about how it'll go, about what it really takes to execute it from top to bottom. The second lesson that I learned, let me read it real quick. <laughs> oh, this one was a big one for me. And I think that this has kind of impacted the way that I structure a lot of my products and my services. Some support, some, um, some services require that you stick around and be connected to clients after they get the information, after they are served with the service, or after they receive the product. And so... I know that for me, as far as serving is concerned, I care a lot about continuity of care. And so sometimes I might be able to help you and it, you know, lasts for 14 days, 30 days, or whatever the case is. Even after you get your hands around the information and after you find your way to sit down with the information and start to make some changes to your business, a lot of the times they're needs to be a little bit more support as far as the execution is concerned. And then even after execution is concerned, sometimes for the people who are true finishers, you actually want to stick around even longer to see how their execution like, impacts their business, what kind of results they get. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And this kind of alludes to what I was mentioning to mentioning earlier as far as, okay, so what happens when thing A doesn't work or what happens when thing B doesn't work. There are infinite options. But if you don't take any action, if you don't apply anything, you have no idea what works and you have no idea what to tweak. You can't tweak anything until you take action. And so a lot of the times the tweaking, the finessing, the adjustments, they can only happen after you've you know really started to execute on on the fullness of what the instruction is you only executed 20% of the instruction and say man i don't understand what's going on well you you didn't do what was prescribed you know, it's not healthy to at that point say, hey, where are my results when you didn't do all of the work? And so people who do all of the work and, you know, who are patient towards their success in doing the daily work and on the daily grind, those are the people who you're like, OK, so now let's make this adjustment. OK, so let's take the next step forward. You did this really well. This is what your people responded to versus this. This is not something they're not responding to so well. And so something that I thought would be a really cool one and done exposed to me that the life cycle of my customer could be longer um, and that they oftentimes have a satisfaction in being able to maintain that access, even if it is an add-on or, or something like that. Um, they want to be able to say, hey, I did this and this is what happened. What should I do next? How should I tweak this? And in, in your experience, what do you think is the most important you know, key performance indicator for this platform or that platform? And so I thought that was a really, really powerful lesson. And number three, when a, my lesson was when a brand isn't developed, the marketing is much harder. So that I kind of alluded to this a little bit in lesson number one. And I think that I was in denial about this. And I think the reason I was in denial about it was because you can have aspects of the brand that are developed, but having a color scheme, having logos and having photos are not all that makes a brand. Um, one of the things that I that I just have kind of stuck to my guns about um, has been kind of like this three part or three tiered process um, where you package the offer um after you package the offer you promote the offer and after you promote the offer you deliver the offer and only very successful businesses have started to cap out their businesses on the like on that beginner or starter level by being excellent at all three most businesses are proficient in one or two and sometimes haven't even got to some one or two of them based on where they might be. And so sometimes packaging the offer, you know, deciding not just what the brand looks like, but what the brand feels like, how how it hits you, how vulnerable is this brand? How authentic is this brand to, to, the, to the normal or the normative experience? Um, how much does it cost? What does it include? Um, who is it for? What are they supposed to be doing with this? Is this something that they consider to be desirable? Um, And and what happens after they use this and make progress? What happens after that? There is a packaging process. What are we calling this? How long does this last? There are so many different things you want to be thinking about in the packaging of an offer. When you promote an offer, that's when we get into the marketing. And sometimes some people are really, really good at preparing. Some people are really good at packaging. I, for one, was just like super committed to just like building an offer that wouldn't make me hate my business because I had had offers that I had kind of brought together that I saw that there was a demand for. And it lacked the structure. It lacked the strategy and therefore depended way more on me and my live mind than my systems, my structures, the things that I wrote down. And it ended up putting me in a tough spot when my life started to kind of get really busy, really hectic, really chaotic. When if it wasn't for what I was thinking or doing right now, something did or didn't happen. Um, and so after you put an offer together and now needs to be promoted and promotion goes beyond Instagram. I think one of the things that frustrated me about my business before I took my time was that it seemed like a lot of my customers were newer in business and all they knew was Instagram. They didn't know and therefore didn't value the other channels that brought the client or the customer closer to them so that they could take the trust and really serve people. And the thing about Instagram is because it can feel very close um, based on how you use the platform, but it can also feel really far as in making like there being a significant distance or difference between, you know, how, how people feel like they have access to your support even after they've purchased. And so when you're used to kind of this, I show up when I'm ready or when I feel like it attitude, Um, when it goes about social, you can if you bring that posture um, into the actual delivery of the offer, people are going to struggle to be satisfied um, because that promotion distance It's not. It shouldn't be the same or feel the same. There should be boundaries. Um, There there should be structure. There should be professionalism, of course. But then when you're delivering that service, what does that feel like? What do you want your clients to feel after they've purchased and once you've started to help them chip away at this problem and start to solve it for themselves? And so one of the things that I realized is that usually a brand is proficient strongly at one and they've kind of started to work on a second one, but kind of like halfway. And so one of the things I've noticed about sometimes when a person um, is very organized, they'll prepare a really strong offer the best that they can. But when it comes to promotion, they'll struggle. That was something that I personally struggle with. I was like, bruh, I'm so strategic. How can I make sure that I have adequate reach though? Um, And I'm also normal and not nearly as flashy as I could be and so if i'm not if i'm truly introverted i like conversations i like the live experience of a coffee shop i like you know those kind of not muted but kind of like neutral tone things how do you stand out um without just showing things as a service provider how do you also stand out and not say the same things but also kind of start to say some of the things people want and need to hear these are some of the barriers i had to break through and one of the barriers i had to break through was okay if i'm not a visual storyteller in the same way that i'm an audio storyteller or some person who kind of wants or needs more of the time or the attention to nourish a relationship but once it's nourished it's strong what are the mediums that cater well to whom i am and how i serve people and what people consider to be attractive based on what they want and the maturity of, of my audience and the person who i'm going for and so promotion looks different for everybody based on their industry, based on who their audience is, and based on what they're actually selling. Because if I'm looking for people on school boards or if I'm looking for politicians, Instagram is just not the best place for that. If I'm looking to be connected to schools, colleges, universities, elementary schools, etc., again, Instagram is not the best place for that. I'm going to have to go outside and network. I'm going to have to go to some events. I'm going to have to, you know, see who has an in at study hall, city hall, who cousin work for the government, who who cousin is a principal, who cousin is a teacher, who could introduce you to somebody else. Like who what can you give in the short term so that you can be seen by the right people doing the right kind of service like Or, you know, what do you, what kind of articles do you need to post on LinkedIn to be seen as the professional that you are? What platforms outside of LinkedIn, like Medium or Huffington Post, do you need to be posted or like writing for so that your name has a byline and it's seen that you are, you know, true and authentic in this industry and someone to be respected? You have to understand what promotion looks like in your industry and I had to adjust because, me personally, I'm excited about being able to be a part of the, the new wave of corporate America. I'm excited about having a B2B business in the truest form. I think that sometimes we think B2B is just a person who is a business or has a business and they're communicating with someone else who says they have a business or has a small business i'm looking to be b2b in the sense of like oh we have this licensing contract and this person is on retainer for 12 to 24 months and they have over 100 employees i'm talking about b2b in that way and so we have to also understand that even if you have a small business and you are a business serving small businesses if you are dependent on their exclusively on their biz, on their income outside of their business, then it's more like a B2C model or a business to um, consumer model because you're thinking about the affordability of the consumer independent of revenue if they don't have that yet. And so these are just like the things you realize when you're looking to kind of promote and you have to know who you're talking to and what room those people are that you want to be talking to. And lastly, it's delivery. Sometimes we can get so excited about how good it looks, how well it's worded, um, how, how many people are looking at it, how many people are on the email list, how many people are a part of the listenership. And yet and still, when it's time to deliver, it's sloppy. It Sometimes people are struggling to get customer service because they can't access their materials or they didn't know that this doesn't last forever and that it only lasts for 30 days or something like that. Or maybe they were supposed to schedule something and then click through the page too fast and now they can't get back. Or something else that compromises the way that they experience your business and even what happens next. Because sometimes we might even have a mind to upsell the people who haven't been served successfully in the delivery of whatever the offer was. And so what I realized is that for a brand to be developed in order for you to really jump in and say, yeah, we could start with marketing. You want that person to have a strongly packaged offer to be relatively competent about what platforms or mediums it takes to to truly promote in a way that's authentic to the brand, the business, and the industry, and you want them to be prepared to actually deliver said product or service in the end. Without all three of those being in order, it's painful, it's chaotic, and it's overwhelming. Okay, so I got through three. So... <laughs> i got through three so let me see um i'm gonna see if i want to yeah we're gonna wrap it up (laughs) we're gonna wrap it up and i'm gonna do a part two um of this one just because i like to keep these on a little bit of the conservative limb time um just because i know that That's kind of the kind of thing that I tend to like to be able to listen to something for a little while. And if I'm going to binge watch or binge listen to a podcast, then I'm going to just do that. So thank you so much uh, for listening to the lessons that I learned from doing work for free or at a significantly discounted rate and the lessons that I learned in that process. But even as you listen to this, even as you are in your data collection phase, um, learning what to do, learning how to do it, I want you to remember there is no substitute for the work. The work has to be done, the work has to be done seriously, um, and the work has to be done with integrity. And so as long as we are doing things well, and as long as we are committed to serving and selling because we are in business, and that is the nature of that game, uh, we are going to be a-okay. And so until next time. I know why you're here, and I think I can help for many starting a business isn't just about starting something trendy and doing something on a whim for a lot of people the shift is coming from a place of financial necessity for many the biggest hiccups happen in one of three places one trying to package an offer that captures your genius two promoting your offer in a way that's authentic to you and your brand or three delivering your offer with the same caliber of excellence and intensity that you used in order to sell it. To learn more about how to strategically take your next offer from ideation to execution, visit zaniyeblue.com slash solution. episode as much as I did if that's true I want you to leave a review I want you to share one of the things that really resonated with you one of the most memorable parts of the episode and I kind of want to know what is the thought that spiraled from the very thing you heard A lot of the times we hear a thought, we're like, ooh, that's good. But usually the thought that we produce as a result of that is even better. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear the things you're learning in your own life's lessons. And be sure to subscribe so you never, ever miss out on when we publish brand new episodes. Can't wait to talk to you soon.